Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply stock have too high a price buy a slice trade fractional shares of your favorite u.s stocks and etfs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per one thousand dollars of principal fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc oh hey it's that sweater that lives in the back seat Allie ward i'm here with episode number four of smologies smologies if you're like what's that there are bite-sized classroom friendly edits of our original ologies classics so if you haven't heard the original melatology bees episode and you don't mind swearing and juicy sometimes filthy details stop what you're doing and listen to that version at the link in the show notes. But if you need a shorter, G-rated director's cut, you're in the right place. So this episode still has me buzzing around the room with excitement because it's all about bees. So melatology, by the way, comes from the Greek for bee. So everyone you know named Melissa, their name means bee. Go tell Melissa that fun fact. So I met today's ologist in Portland, where she is a melatologist and president of the Urban Beekeepers Association there. And after we recorded in 2018, she decided to start her own amazing podcast called Beekeeper Confidential. And if that wasn't enough, she also is the founder of Bella Beak, a company that creates made-to-order bee veils. So get ready to find out all about bee bread, what colors make you most attractive to bees, who has stingers and why, why agricultural honeybee populations are threatened, but why native bees are of greater concern, how you can help them, hives versus nests, carpenter bees, blue bees, and how honeybees have a call and response song of their very own with bee expert and melatologist, Amanda Mandy Shaw. What's going on with these bees? So what we're seeing is bees are being put into nest boxes that aren't ideal. Oh. And if you look at the industrial beekeeping complex, bees are being forced to pollinate and work outside of their normal cycle. Oh. And, And so... They're being pushed to these limits and it's weakening their immune systems. And, and when there's monoculture and pesticide use involved, it, it causes them to collapse. And, and I think that generally the wild honeybee population is doing okay. It's the managed hives. It's the ones that are used in agricultural practices that we're seeing 
the, the big issues with the colony collapse. Mm-hmm. But generally, native bees are solitary and they don't make honey, but they do they do gather pollen to feed their young. What is their normal like life cycle? Do they only work in certain months and we're like, yo, we got stuff to pollinate? You gotta- right, it's February. Yeah. We've got almond trees to <laughs> pollinate. Get up, let's go. So Portland is relatively temperate, and Amanda says that the bees do survive over winter, and then they're up and at them in late March, early April, and then by November, they start shutting down for winter again, living off the honey, and they have smaller colony numbers. But the summer bees are the most extra. They're out there. The summer bees only last about six weeks because they literally work themselves to death. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> and most of them are women anyway, right? Yes. <laughs> like, they need to take a break, right? <laughs> it is, like, because most of the workers, the, the workers are all women. The workers are all women. Yeah. Yeah. And so they work themselves to death. To death. Yes. Good God. Yeah. In the scale of like zero to 10, like what can the average person do? I always tell people you don't have to be a beekeeper to help the cause. Mm -hmm. The the biggest thing that bees need right now, honeybees and native bees, is food that's safe. You know, providing, you know, plant seeds that haven't been pre-treated with pesticides and check the labels because a lot of them are pre-treated. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and, And planting plants that haven't been pre-treated with systemic pesticides. That's one of the big issues. I didn't know what a systemic pesticide was because I live in LA and my garden is a parking lot. But they're the kind of pesticides that live in the tissues of the plant instead of just being misted over the leaves. Another thing that native pollinators are struggling with is habitat. So if you can have a corner of your yard where, you know, you can have that compost pile on the ground for bumblebees to nest in, or there, you know, there's lots of other ground nesting bees. So like having that awareness, you can make your yard uh, its own little nature site. Mm hmm. And the bees will come. Can you tell me a little bit about the difference between honeybees and native bees? And should we be using honeybees in this environment? (sighs) With native bees, they're they're actually more effective pollinators than honeybees are. But honeybees sort of get all the attention. Mm -hmm. and And they can be used in the agricultural industry. They can be used as livestock to pollinate large crops. But native bees are more effective pollinators. And we have over 4,000 species of native bees in America. What? So there's a lot of them out there, but they sort of don't get the attention that they need because the honeybees are, you know, the star of the show. And and they're the ones getting, you know, the the cry for help is for the honeybees. But Mm -hmm. really, it's, it's the native bees that need the habitat they need variety in their diet so when you have like these giant fields of of almonds or cotton or corn or soybeans that's not good for the native bee population because they need variety you heard how shocked i was that there were over 4000 species of native bees in america and apis mellifera the european honeybee you're so familiar with is not one of them that's right They were brought over by settlers for wax and honey and pollination, and the native bees get edged out of territories and are more threatened. And the native ones are the species who need saving. And I had to know more about these supporting but important native players in the bee show, which, 
let me remind you, is an ensemble piece. Have you ever seen those huge black bees buzzing around in the summer? So they're probably carpenter bees, and they drill out these perfect little tunnels in wood to raise their young. And the females are black and glossy, and they rarely sting, and the males are this great golden blonde color. They don't even have stingers, of course, because they're dudes, and a stinger is a modified egg-laying part. So only females have them. Now, these facts are helpful, conversational distractions. If you ever see a carpenter bee and everyone around you is shrieking, just say, hey, this is a native bee and it's our friend. Now, another native bee friend, which you can keep and rear in your yard, mason bees. What's a mason bee? What's a mason bee? Mason bees are solitary bees. They're known as the gentle pollinator. They're native. Um, they're also called blue orchard mason bees, and they nest in these little tubes. And they're super easy. Oh. It's like beekeeping for anybody. Anybody could keep mason bees. Um, and, and they're just, they're fuzzy and they're shiny and blue and cute. And, you know, when they're coming back to their nest, you can see little packs of pollen on their bellies. No. They're bringing it back. And they're just, they're really cute. So a non-yellow, non-striped bee? Yes, they exist. There are a lot of them. So mason bees are this really beautiful kind of gunmetal blue color. And in a lot of the one million photos I just scrolled through while turning into a living, breathing, heart-eyed emoji, mason bees appeared to be covered in pollen a lot. It's all over the place. I guess sloppy gatherers make really good pollinators. They're just like, like confetti pollen everywhere. And now, what do you keep? I plant a lot of oregano, mint, lavender, and stuff that's really easy to grow. This kind of blooms long season. Uh, borage is oh. a really great bee food and it's super easy to take care of. So maybe plant yourself a little garden or even a pot or two of flowers on a window box or a stoop. Those can be a wonderland for native bees or honeybees. Now, if you like, if that's just not enough bees... If you're like, I need 30,000 bees, maybe think about beekeeping like Amanda does. But before you go ordering a whole setup, which can set you back a few hundred bucks, you may want to check with a local beekeepers association first because they can sometimes rent or lend equipment, which is handy, or they can tell you which hive boxes or cool face nets attached to a hat or bunk and not to buy. Personally, I say buy Amanda's. Link in the show notes. But this brings us to stings. Why do they hurt? So bee venom contains a compound called melatonin, which makes red blood cells burst, which hurts. And there are other proteins that destroy cell membranes, cause pain, destroy nerve tissue. There's also histamine in bee venom, which makes your capillaries leak and causes itchy welts. So when bees sting, they release a pheromone that says, I'm in trubs. It's a last ditch defense. Bees don't want to sting you. They don't want to die. They would really, really rather very much not. So you, you prevent getting stung by just being really, really kind of cautious about where they are at all times, like just kind of watching your back. Yes. Okay. Yes. And now when they're swarming, tell me what is happening. So a swarm is like a birth of a new colony. Ooh. And it happens in the springtime when bees are, you know, coming out of winter, the queen starts laying eggs, the colony starts like, brooding up, they start ramping up their, um, their population production. Mm -hmm. And so they'll make new queens 
to prepare for the swarm. And so when the new queens emerge, the old queen leaves the hive with about half of the bees mm-hmm. and they go off to find a new place to live. Oh, that's actually, that's fascinating because I always thought that it was a new queen that was like, bye. No. But really it's the old one that's it's like. It's the old one, yeah. Side note, fun fact. When a bee colony is naturally occurring, it's called a nest. But when it's in a human-made container, then it's a hive. Is that fun? So where do these old queens go after they bounce from their former colony? Well, apparently, hollows in trees are like just ideal new digs. And Amanda says hollows in trees are insulated. It's an alive ecosystem. It has a microbiome that's beneficial to them. So a great place to rear tens of thousands of babies. But how do they do that? What are they eating? The bee goes out and gathers some nectar and they they use their tongue, their proboscis. It's like a straw. Mm-hmm. And they suck that up and the honey goes in or the nectar goes into their honey stomach. So it's a secondary stomach that oh, they have. Okay. And they, they carry it in that. And when they bring it back to the hive, they do this thing called trophallaxis. And it's um, they're regurgitating the, the, the nectar into another bee's mouth. Oh. And they pass it back and forth. And each time they do this, they're adding enzymes to it. It reduces the moisture content of the nectar a little bit because the, the nectar is very high in moisture. Mm-hmm. And so before it can become true honey, they have to bring that moisture content down quite a bit. So after they pass it back and forth, they'll put it into a, a little honeycomb cell mm-hmm. and they fill that up and then they use their wings to sort of flap mm-hmm. <laughs> and get the air moving and, and reduce the moisture content. Um, ideally for harvested honey, 17% is the most moisture that you'd want to have for it. Oh, okay. um, and then they, they cover it with wax. And so it stays fresh forever, really. What are they using the honey for? How are they using that honey to feed a brood? They feed their brood uh, pollen, Okay. They, so when they're collecting pollen, they're bringing that back to the hive and they're adding enzymes to it to sort of ferment it. Mm-hmm. And it's called bee bread. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, bee bread. That's cute. <laughs> and so they'll feed that to their babies. And it's a protein source. Got it. So then what's yeah. the honey used for for the adults? They eat it. Yeah. It gives them energy. It's the carbohydrate. It sustains them through the winter. Oh, so do, are they collecting it more in spring and summer and then living off of it in the winter? Yes. Yeah. And before a swarming event, they fill up on it. Everybody fills up before they leave the hive because they need, they need that energy for when they get to their new home location mm-hmm. to build comb, to, you know, because they don't have any comb where they're going unless they're moving into an old beehive. Mm-hmm. So they have to start from scratch. So now that I have heard the buzz about how honeybees eat, I needed to ask about their colony's social setup. Who's overworked and bitter? Who's popular? Who's good with kids? It turns out every honeybee colony has roles that different bees inhabit, including Her Highness Queen Bee. And there is a queen. Mm -hmm. There are the female workers. And then there are the drones. Right. Yes. And so how do they determine who is the queen? The queen is 
made a queen when she's still an egg. Uh, three days old egg. And it the, the change happens when they start feeding her. Uh, she's only fed royal jelly. So she doesn't get any bee bread. She's deprived of protein during oh. her development. And that is what makes her a queen. Because she's deprived of She's protein? given a, a totally different diet. And so that somehow changes her. She's She grows differently than than the worker bee. And what's royal jelly exactly? Royal jelly is this enzyme that the bees, they have these glands that they... Oh, they really? excrete it, yeah. So that comes from a bee face and not it's from a... from a bee face. Oh. <laughs> and so do a lot of different workers like like contribute to that or is it like yeah. they have one nurse? So what happens is, um, you know, if a bee lives out its full life cycle, it will achieve all of the different jobs within a colony. Oh. And they start out as nurse bees. So when they first are born, they come out and they start tending the young and the larvae. And then there's food processor bees. There's cleaning bees because they like to keep their hive really clean. Um, and the last stage is the foraging bees. Those are the most experienced bees. And they go out and are the ones that we see in the gardens. And so it's, let's say they make five queens and they all emerge around the same time. They will call each other out. They do this thing called piping. And so they, they, it kind of sounds like a kazoo. They'll call to each other and then they'll fight. Side note, so the first queen out starts roaming around making this noise in G sharp. It's called piping or tooting. It's like me, me, me. Now, a few of her sisters who have also been raised to be queens but are still sleeping in their little cells, they just snoozed a little longer. They respond with a noise called quacking. It sounds like a duck honk. It's kind of like Marco Polo, but with newborns. Now, here's the thing. When the sleepy queens quack back at the first one, that first one's like, oh, there you are, and then goes and kills them. And does she have a stinger? Or does she have, because I know a stinger is an ovipositor. Yeah, we learned that, right? She does have a stinger, but it's not barbed like a worker stinger. So she can use it in battle, mm -hmm. but it's not like the worker stinger with well, the venom sack. Also, fun fact, unlike honeybee workers who would sting and die to defend their colony, most native solitary bees are not quick to sting. So embrace your native bees, but not literally. They don't need hugs, but they do need flowers to romp around and to shower themselves in pollen. Why are workers and drones fuzzy? It's my understanding that the workers have fuzz because it helps them to gather the pollen. It will stick to them. They get a little bit staticky and sticky, mm -hmm. and it will stick to their fuzz, and then they can clean it off and sort of push it into their little pollen packets. So imagine if your breakfast cereal just stuck to your clothes, and then you just kind of swiped it into a couple of cargo pants pockets. See? You're a bee. Now, on to honeybee keeping. I am a little hazy on how smoke can calm down honeybees. Can Mandy clear the air for me? 
And now the smoke, you're essentially the smoke monster. You're like, they fall asleep. They get drowsy. So it confuses them. It masks their pheromones. So if they're really feisty, you can put a little smoke on them Mm -hmm. and it, it subdues their sense of smell. But it also tricks them into thinking the hive is on fire. We got to load up on honey and get out of Dodge. Oh, wow. (gasps) Yeah. How do they know where their new home is? Do they have GPS? No. But they do get directions from their sisters via, yes, interpretive dance. That's not what you thought I was going to say, right? I know. It's shocking. So it's not some dance you do at weddings or on cruise ships or on TikTok. It's actually a form of physical communication called a waggle dance. I am not making this up. So with the waggle dance, they're communicating locations of food, water, or even a new place to live. And the orientation of the direction that they're doing the dance in correlates with where the sun is at. Whoa. So they're following the sun and they're using their waggle dance to tell you which direction. Like if it's, if the sun is, you know, due east, they'll do their dance due east. Wow. And then the intensity of the waggle tells you how good <laughs> of a source it is. I just want to say I have been known to do a little dance at the first bite of a great sandwich. So I get it. It happens to the best of us. Now, really quick, speaking of the best of us, each week a cause gets a donation. And this week we are splitting it between the Xerxes Society and the Pollinator Partnership. And there will be links to those in the show notes. And also Mandy's about to tell you a little bit about them. And those donations are made possible by sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So is my brain. Here's a thought experiment. Think of all the time that you spend just scrolling on things or not doing the things you want to do. I know, time is the most valuable thing that you have. Boy, let me tell you, I had to learn this over time. You know what helped? Therapy. Therapy can help you figure out what matters most to you and how to prioritize it so that you like your life more. And where I learned that was better help. Because yes, I have been a client. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I know how hard it is to get started. BetterHelp makes it very easy. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible. You take a quick questionnaire. They match you with a therapist. Instead of just Googling and trying to find someone with an opening, BetterHelp makes it very accessible. And I like that. It's also more affordable than traditional therapy. And you can chat. You can text. You can do video calls. You can do phone calls. For some reason, you are not vibing with your therapist. You can switch at any time. No extra cost. No drama. So let me tell you. Time is precious. Figure out where you want to spend yours. And you can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies. It's about time. KiwiCo. You know I love KiwiCo because making stuff and learning while you do it, the best way. And KiwiCo is great. They deliver seriously fun learning for kids of all ages. They have these hands-on projects and activities and each month kids receive crates that are engaging and that introduce them to things like science and technology or concepts and art. And I love that all the things you need are in there so you're not going to be running out to the store to get pipe cleaners. You're not going to run out of glue or something. And KiwiCo tests these crates with professionals and with kids to make make them the best they can be. 
There's so many different projects depending on what your kiddo's interested in, what age or grade level they're at. You can discover the science of magic. You can engineer a domino machine. These make great gifts. I have given these to so many kids. And I also like that there's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel crates anytime. So redefine learning with play. You can explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with the promo code ologies. So that's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code ologies. They're going to love it. Okay, here's how I like my clothes. I like them classic. I like them well-made. I like them comfortable and I like them ethical, which is why I flipped when I first heard about Quince. So Quince partners directly with these top factories. So they cut out the cost of the middleman and then they pass the savings onto obviously you. They have these 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters that start at 50 bucks. They have organic cotton sweaters. They have washable silk tops. They even have 14 karat jewelry in case you are looking for a present maybe for yourself. So Quince items are priced like 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. And I like that their styles are well-made, well-cut, but also classic. I did not own a cashmere sweater before Quince. That was the kind of thing that I would splurge for for other people, but not myself. But I was like, you know what, Quince? I think I shall. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash ologies for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ologies to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ologies. You look amazing. How you doing on that D, that vitamin D? Could be better. I feel ya. Some of us are coming out of a winter. I don't know how much outside time you get. I don't know how your vitamin D is dietarily, but I know a lot of people, including myself, especially women over 18, 97% of us not getting enough vitamin D from our diet. Ritual's like, how about I help you? They're a clinically backed multivitamin. So skeptics, here's a multivitamin that's like, yeah, we use science to formulate this. I think you're gonna like it. Ritual multivitamins are vegan. They're gluten and major allergen free. I also like that Ritual is a female founded B Corp. So they're doing good for the health of people and the planet. Ritual multivitamins are also gentle on an empty stomach. I like though when I open mine, they have kind of a minty essence. I've got Ritual vitamins in my belly right now, to be honest, I take them every day. They have kind of a lava lamp look with oil and beads inside. I also have their melatonin caps at night when I need to go bye-bye Z's. So no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. And get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash ologies. So start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. So that's ritual.com slash ologies for 20% off. Show who you may hear about now. Okay, on to your questions. Lightning round. This one is about native bees. Eric Blanc wants to know, I want to help bees in my area. What's a good resource to find out the proper wildflowers to plant for them? I would go to the like local extension um, department at the university. Um, Xerces Society has a lot of resources. Pollinator Partnership also has a lot of resources. So you can find what's growing in your area. And John Worcester and uh, Jesse Peel both had the same question. Will eating honey that's been harvested locally help if you have seasonal allergies? Word on the street is that it does. So it gets your body used to maybe those pollens. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I'm not an allergist, but yes, it's like you're inoculating yourself with with the irritant and your immune system adjusts to that rather than taking an antihistamine to just suppress any 
kind of response. Katie Grant wants to know, are bees actually more attracted to bright yellow clothing? I wear a safety vest for work and was told that an orange vest won't attract bees like a yellow one does. Is this true? (laughs) In my own personal experience, when I wear my bright yellow coat, Mm -hmm. I do have bees land on me. Wow. Maybe it's because you look like pollen and I, I don't know. Okay, so we have learned a lot about honeybees and their homes, but what can they do if suddenly an intruder enters the nest? Well, this is bananas. I've read that bee species will gather in a ball and increase the local temperature in order to cook wasps and other invaders, like Japanese hornets. So what is that mechanism and how do they not cook themselves in the process? It's called balling. Boom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Appropriate. And so they will use their body heat to cook the predator. That's hot. And what is your favorite thing about bees? I love this thing that they do called festooning. What? Yeah. What is it? Festooning is when they're building new comb. So Mm -hmm. they have to work together to do this. And what they do is they join hands and they make this lovely little chain. And then bees gather together in the chain and they, they excrete the wax from their abdomen and they pass it up to the the bees up top. So they are working together while in contact with each other to make this comb. What? And and they make the chain so that it's plumb to the earth. So it's straight. So they know. uh, And it's just, and and the comb when it's brand new is beautiful. It's very translucent. It's so delicate and and perfect. Oh, wow. They make it perfect. So, wow, okay, we learned honeybees are not native to North America. Native bees are amazing, too, and need our help. Pollinator plants are the best. And queens don't get to eat bee bread. Ah. Now, to learn more about Mandy Shaw, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter. She is being Mandy with two E's in being, on both platforms. And to learn more about her, you can go to bellabeek.com, B-E-L-L-A-B-E-E-K.com. She sells very stylish, netted beekeeper bonnets that she makes. And for all the sweet behind-the-scenes on beekeeping, you can listen to her podcast. It's called Beekeeper Confidential. Those will all be linked in the show notes, as well as the credits for all the great humans who work on the podcast. The saucier, non-smologies version of Melatology is also linked to the show notes in case you do not have any kiddos around. You can find more Smologies episodes at alleyward.com slash Smologies. Those are all cut down, condensed versions that are G-rated for kids and cleaned up. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Ologies. I'm at Allie Ward with one L on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, If you listen to the end of the episode, you know I share some advice like a cool uncle. And this week it is... If mornings ever feel too hectic, I totally understand. Try to do as much as you can to get ready the night before. Like pick out an outfit for school, maybe help make your lunch before you go to bed, pack your book bag all up, and then getting out the door will be much easier when you don't have to make a bunch of decisions and gather your stuff when you still feel too sleepy. So I hope that helps. It helps me sometimes. Okay, until next time, Smologites. Bye-bye. Beekeeper suit. Price drop. Time to shop. 
Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.